Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her and interview her. Oh. I think I did it last time. Her. I think I did that last time. No one knows. It's, okay. it's fine. It's been long enough. My name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And I have to tell you about something really embarrassing I just did in my own head that no one would know if I didn't... <laughs> you're exposing share. yourself is what you're saying no one would ever have to know this <laughs> but which sometimes means everyone should know it well i got on i was like scrolling through twitter during sound check sometimes yeah during sound check i just need something to say so i'll just like right. just read, read an article. twitter or an article than, or thinking of counting to 50 yeah we like check one two three, three four, four five yeah yeah um and then i didn't as you might recall from two minutes ago, I did not just read from Twitter because when I opened it, two men that I greatly respect had a very brief Twitter exchange. Oh, okay. The first one said, best Baptist systematic question. Like he's asking for a systematic, uh-huh. a Baptist systematic theology. And then another man that I <laughs> greatly respect <laughs> said, Dag. <laughs> D-A-G-G. Oh. And I'm pretty sure that's got to be... Well, in my head, I read it as like, dag, yeah. yo, you know? Right. Like people used to say in the early right. 2000s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You... <laughs> and I was you like... read it as an exclamation and not <laughs> the acronym for a suggestion. I think it's probably the last name of a guy who wrote a Baptist systematic. Oh, okay. I'm assuming. I don't know. D-A-G-G. Now you guys know how many Baptist systematics I've Very read. cryptic. I mean, I know that Twitter doesn't give you a ton of characters, but I feel like... But I, I just... Like... I, my first thought was like, why is this respectable man <laughs> on Twitter being Using like, dag? Old, old slang. Anyway... That's embarrassing. And welcome. Yeah, if you know what that stands for. I'm I don't know. I actually if you have a guess. Let <clears throat> us know. So someone's oh. last name is Dag. Oh, so Dag is an Australian term for silly. So if you're being silly, the Australians huh. say Dag, um, according to Urban Dictionary. But now I'm gonna try Dag Baptist. Yes. <laughs> Matic. And that it has to be a last name. Someone's someone's gonna email us. John Dag. John Dag. Okay. So John Silly. <laughs> John. John Silly. What did he write? What's his what's it called? Oh wow. You can get on Lagos. Oh, this he's on the list for ten Baptists everyone should know. Oh. Um, let's see. Oh, he's old school. I guess that's why. I guess that's why the guy you greatly respect was able to just put dag and... And everyone's like, hello, am I even Baptist? John L. Dag, he wrote the first Baptist systematic... Oh, wait. Oh, he's known as the first Baptist systematic theologian. Wow. (laughs) I didn't know I was taking it here because, anyway, all that to say, 
I'm embarrassing. <laughs> um, Obviously, John Dagg is not. Obvi- yeah, he's... Everyone should know John Dagg. Stupid. <laughs> who, who else is in the top 10 list of people that every Baptist should know? Oh, that's... Let's see. I'm going to click on it. Um, I'm Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, and I just really want to know who yep. else I'm supposed to know that I don't know. <laughs> um, So, hilariously... <laughs> The only person on this list is John Dagg. <laughs> because the rest of the title, this is okay. I feel bad for the guy that wrote this, but, or whoever titled it 10 Baptists Everyone Should Know, colon, John Dagg. <laughs> <laughs> he is all 10. Is this like Look, a series? I'm not. The 10 people you got to know. I'm going to make it real <laughs> easy for you. The 10 people are one people. It's just John Dagg. So that's how great he is. He's <laughs> done the work of 10 people. Just follow him. Oh, the author of this article's Twitter account was suspended. Now I need to know. It's because he doesn't know num- what numbers are. <laughs> anyway, that <My> man. <laughs> I was just told a second ago <laughs> that there was, 10. there was 10 people that I was supposed to know who they were. And then I found out it was just one was person just one and person. I didn't even know who that person was. Now, you know, he's very important. Right. Arguably the most important <laughs> Baptist ever of all time. Um, yep. So anyway, that's my story. <laughs> we had someone um, point out that... Well, we had two people point out this week that we laughed too much. One oh, really? was a uh, lovely um, Scottish woman who was like, are, are you guys seriously laughing this much? <laughs> and I was like, you know, yes, we are. And she was like, you know, I'm just too Scottish. I'll listen to it anyway. And had a good attitude about it. But it was funny. <laughs> good. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. And I just like walked up to I just want everyone a good rule of thumb. (laughs) If you walked up to two people who were having fun and laughing with each other, would you ever say, (laughs) oh, so I guess you guys are just laughing, huh? (laughs) Too much laughter. It seems like you're laughing way too much for me. You know, I think some people would would do that and feel that way. But I want to say that I'm Scottish, too. And you've had enough. (laughs) I've had enough of my the top ten reasons why we should not be laughing too much. (laughs) I'm done laughing. (laughs) Um, No, she had a good sense of humor about it. Actually, a dry sense of humor, which is yeah, that's important. Which is my favorite. Yeah, personally, I would much prefer that to a person that's just like, actually, I just hate laughter. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then we had someone else message, maybe email. Some some Someone. episodes are more laughy than others. That's too. true. We know when you're talking about eugenics and me too, and you gotta laugh to not don't die. Land the laughs. <laughs> no. Yeah, and it's true. It's really true. Sometimes laughing is the only alternative to just death. <laughs> yes. So that's what we choose. Yeah. My grandmama told me she said, "There's two things you look for in a husband. These are the only two necessities." Mm-hmm. Number one, he loves Jesus. Number two, he has a good sense of humor. And if you find those two things, don't be too picky <laughs> about anything I else. I think that's great advice. 
Because, uh, you know, those two things really cover all the bases as far as I'm concerned. It's true. It's just the bases. But anyway, so someone else messaged. I mean, the first one, the loves Jesus part really covers quite a covers like nine of the ten bases. Yeah. The last base. If you don't have a sense of humor, this life is going to be extremely rough. I mean, just yeah. the roughest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I do think that most like Charles Spurgeon was hilarious. Oh, yeah. He was also, vi- I mean, super depressed. He like chose. He was like all like right on the brink of choosing death. <laughs> yes. And then he made a joke instead. Right. And I resonate with that <laughs> very much. <laughs> anyway, then some someone of us do. Some of us do not at all. Yeah. I'm definitely one of those people. I have a just whatever a preoccupation mm-hmm. with just darkness and and just things that are a little morbid and mm-hmm. then you gotta laugh. I'm sure I've made jokes before that have made some people go Ugh. uncomfortable. But. Um. Then we had someone message and point out that for some reason on Spotify we are listed as a comedy podcast. For some reason. <laughs> No. But last week when we finished. It's because the Spotify screeners heard all the laughing. All the laughing. And they were like, this is obviously comedy. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. I did not tell Spotify that we were a comedy podcast, but here we are. It's an honor, Spotify. Thank you. Yes. But uh, uh, last week when we left the studio, you asked me that question. Do you remember anything funny that you've said on the podcast? <laughs> and I was like, I cannot remember one single thing I've said on the podcast. <laughs> Me either. I just forget. Like someone, people will be like, I love when you said this one thing. And I'm like, what? Did like, I oh, say that? That's great. I agree I with that. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I do think that. I mean, a lot of what I say on here is just stuff that I think and have had to tell myself. Right. So maybe it's not even that I forget it. Is it just kind of blends with the rest of my inner all of life? <laughs> you guys are listening to my inner monologue yes, right uh, now. So yeah, <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Right. It's just so. Oh, like it's like how you are in your head is so normal. Yeah. Have you ever had that moment where you realize like, oh, this person I'm talking to doesn't know that. But I just take for granted that they know that because it's yes. so obvious to me but i yeah. and then you're like this person doesn't know that yeah. and i've actually never said it out loud to yeah. anyone ever yes so this thing that i thought was painfully obvious yes. is actually not obvious at all yeah yeah that's what that's my experience being married i mean i was going to say that's, <laughs> that that you just you described being that, married <laughs> you run into that experience a lot when you're trying to what live is with marriage person and it's discovering that you didn't say it out loud or that you did, but the other person didn't comprehend it. Right. That's marriage. Because of their other thing that they thought. Because in their head, there was obvious. also, yeah. <laughs> it's just being married. The end. Yeah. <laughs> over and over until you figure it out <laughs> or you die. <laughs> right. And this is why. So you can stop yourself and go, wait a minute. Maybe that's not what they meant. Yeah. By that. And this is why you need to marry someone with a good sense of humor. Right. Or it's going to be really bad. <laughs> Painful, in fact. You can leave us a voicemail at 470. The opposite of laughter is. Yes. 
470-465-0475. We've gotten a lot of hilarious uh, name voicemails lately. Um, I'm just learning. Any good recommendations? (laughs) Someone called and left a voicemail and said that they actually knew someone whose twins were named Tubal and Jubal. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm trying not to react too audibly because I can actually (laughs) save myself from offending someone. What I'm learning is everything you say could be offensive to someone right somewhere <laughs> which honestly i'm sorry if you name your kids tubal and jubal you deserve to be made fun of a little bit just a little just bit just a little bit you like, had to know it was but coming. not in a mean way like no. in a way where you can laugh along La- so laugh along you guys. when we make fun of names just so you know that's our standard could a person named mcshwaley also <laughs> laugh at this joke mcshwaley yes? if you're out there okay. <laughs> Laugh. Tell us how your name is spelled. Send and just how mail. it happened. Just whatever. What happened. We should Tubal tell and them. Jubal. Tubal and Jubal. Okay. I forget what those mean. Blacksmith? No. Um, oh. Tubal Kane. Tubal Kane was, was a bla- blacksmith. blacksmith. Well, Jubal, I would assume, is close to like Jubilee. You would, Yeah, you so would think. So it's some sort of like freedom or rejoicing or happiness tubal is a variant what on earth i don't know i don't want to click on this okay (laughs) we're backing out of that okay um we are inviting you to our next book club pick because that's coming up that's right and we picked one (laughs) we finally picked one uh so we are going to be reading another Nancy Piercy book. We are. Uh, we're going to be reading Total Truth. So I study think. Study Guide Edition. Yes. If you can get the Study Guide Edition, get it. And here's the deal. If you are on the fence, get your book now anyway, because uh, we tend to sell Amazon out of the book pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if you want to join, what day are we starting that? <laughs> 13th right yes i can confirm that i believe whoops i should have yep yeah so our last will be next week and then we have two weeks off so yeah april 13th okay so you're listening to this now (laughs) you have two weeks and two days to get the book and i can't promise you if you wait, that you'll be able to get the book. Of mm-hmm. course, our first meeting is usually like an orientation. So you don't technically need the book by the 13th. Right. If it doesn't arrive, it's not the end of the world. But what we are not recommending is that you yeah. wait. Because when we assign a... I mean, it's well known in certain circles, but not like... It's not like a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so like if... 80 people all of a sudden go and buy that on Amazon. Yeah. (laughs) We're not, we're not trying to say like, we're so popular that we sell out books. I'm just saying that if 80 people all of a sudden try to go buy one lesser known book, it might be gone. It might be hard to find is the moral (laughs) of the story. And as far as I know is Fair Sunshine has not replenished. No. (laughs) Cause I've recommended it a few times and people are like, I can't can't get it. it. Yeah. So all that to say, 
we're going to have a good time. Uh, book club is always a good time. It's a very encouraging hour. I'm specifically looking forward to reading this book. Yeah. I think it'll be... It'll be a good exercise. Really good. And reading it in a brain. group. Yeah. Reading it in a group setting will be yeah. helpful as well. I always get something out of hearing from you guys, things that you've noticed, um, observations that you've made as you've read the book and ways that it applies to your life. So if you'd like to join the Sheologians book club, we meet Wednesdays at 1.30 Pacific time. Yeah, for an hour. And if you can't make it at that time, you can watch the videos anytime that you want at patreon.com slash Sheologians. It's true. Um, we have a shop. We have t-shirts, mugs, cell phone covers, all the anti-feminism stuff at shopsheologians.com. Uh, I am working on new <clears throat> stuff. Are you? Just, I don't know when. Show me after. I foolishly, like, promised. Yeah. Oh. Before, but. We should tell them about ReformCon. I reform don't know what our timing is. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, our church is that the right way to say it? We, the studio? I don't know. Yeah, we're partially. The church. We're representative of Apologia Studios. Yeah. It's the studio putting <clears throat> it on. Okay, so Apologia Studios is putting on a conference in the end of October mm-hmm. uh, called ReformCon. And we are going to be doing a, a live podcast there. So we will be there. Yeah. Um, I'm already kind of like, last time we did that at ReformCon, you had like a six week old Mm -hmm. and this time you're going to also have, I'll have a six week old, a little, I mean, maybe not even six weeks. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. Right. No, I'm due September 2nd. Oh, okay. So yeah. Mm hmm. So and then I the won't put that on you. <clears throat> yeah, please don't. Thank you. <laughs> Six weeks. Rude. At the youngest. <laughs> Rude. Um, <clears throat> what are the dates? I should have looked this up first. Um, it's the end of October. I should tell you guys. Reformation <laughs> weekend. weekend. Oh, it's October twenty so. seventh through the 29th yes. here in Mesa, Arizona. So it's going to be a really good time. The tickets are. Um, half the price of Fight Laugh Feast. So I just want to throw <laughs> it out they're there. Cheaper. They're being uh, they're ten percent off right now. If you yeah, early bird get the early bird ten percent off, but still half the price. And then in years past, we've done oh, never mind. Mm, oh, never mind. <laughs> we've done like group admission, but it does not look like that anything has been established in that regard. We might be, though, point. so keep your eye out. Uh, you can get all that at reformcon.org. Meet us there. We'd love to meet you guys. It was super fun to meet you at Fight, Laugh, Feast, and we will be there in October. Yeah, <clears throat> I would say we're just, we'll just be there hanging out, talking. I'll be there as much as um, I can, right. given yeah. uh, the, I'll probably the be newborn. there more than you, but... Probably. Um, but I'm going to be but, there you know. with an infant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just the Sheologian's way. Yeah, one of us. If there's a conference, <laughs> one of us has to have a baby. Yeah, them's the rules. Right. We didn't make them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so we're gonna do this thing. We some we do this. Well, I think we forgot to do this last year. I'm pretty so sure we were busy. 
last year. And we did <laughs> many things that we, we just, don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> did we podcast? Well, last year, I feel like last year was the year of Nashville. That and just coming up with huge batches of topics. Of topics. <laughs> because don't... before that, we really we flew by the seat of, just of our like, pants. We're like, what should we do this week? Yeah. What should we, which in a way is kind of, you know, there's benefits to doing it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, we became planners last year. Yeah. Really? Yes. This is the moral of the story. Yes. Uh, but um, but yeah, so I don't know that we actually, which it makes me feel like we did do this episode because it would have been if we were mining for episodes yeah this would be an obvious sort of no-brainer it's just fun well i feel like we would have but i don't remember (laughs) doing it right so regardless occasionally (laughs) sometimes once a year lee (laughs) we like to interview each other instead of having a guest on interview yeah i don't know why it's fun it's easy um so that's what we're doing today also because i think we're just unwinding a little bit yeah we um did a lot (laughs) at the beginning of this year and i think we knew it would be a project Mm -hmm. a big project i don't think we knew quite how big of a project it would be and no um you and I, you know, I was even saying you and I are kind of like worker bees even. So we're just always like on uh-huh. to the next thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this this is on to the next thing. Yes. But it's allowing us to also kind of. It's not that it's we're taking it easy. It's just no. it's less it's less heavy than what we were doing. It's before. fun for me. Yeah. So I'm okay. sorry if it's not fun for anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm about to have a great time. So. Um, do you want me to go first? I have I like care. just kind of like a real like yeah, real just simple first question for you. Shoot it my way. Have you ever gotten a wordle in less than three guesses? Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I have. Uh I can pull this up right now because I always have wordle up <laughs> and available. Uh <clears throat> I got it in two a couple days ago. Oh nice. What was the word, what was the word? <gasps> today? Oh, okay. I think it was today. Okay. The word today. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then I've gotten it in three eleven times. Yeah. And then I've gotten it in four and five twenty two times. Okay. Twenty two on both. I don't have my stats with me, but Yeah, because you know, it just gives you your stats there. I think my most common one is three. But I've never gotten mm. it in two. Oh. So Yeah, my four and five are twenty two. And then three is eleven, but I do. I am the person that typically starts with the same two words. Okay. Although today, my first word gave me so many common letters that I didn't even go with my second one. Because I was okay. like, I don't need it. Right. Yeah. I use the same one. <clears throat> yeah. And then I've kind of created, I use the same starting word. And then I kind of have go to words, uh-huh. like given the certain. Right. Like what's there? What, what's actually there? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, because like sometimes you know you pick this word that has all these very common letters and vowels in it, and it's like nothing, nothing, and you're There's like, in there. You're what like, do you well, mean? Then, wh- <laughs> all the all the words in existence contain those letters, right? <laughs> this word has to have a vowel, at least one. <laughs> right. So now we're looking at. <laughs> 
It's a Y. It's a five letter word with just a Y for a vowel. Right. I came across a word the other day in my thoughts that I was like, hmm, that would be a good wordle word. Do you remember? But I already forgot what it was. Of course. (laughs) I mean, so naturally, you know, but yeah, I'm just like really, for those of you that are doing it in less than three, I mean, way to go. That's a fluke. That's, yeah. That I mean, has to be. It, it has, was a fluke. I do think there has to be some, you know. Yeah. But. Oh, it did you get. Some brain some brain power, I think, to not just like squander that second. Right. Did you survive Watch? Yes. Oh, my God. Watch so was, many people did so not. So here's what happens. I know when I'm going to like, it's. I know I'm going to get it in three easily when I get on and everyone else is having a horrible time. Yes. When everyone else is like, whatever, got it in like five oh, really? minutes today. That's the day when I'm like, I get the entire word except for like two letters. That's and then so those, then there's like, there's like infinite variations without those two, you know, like, you know, those days where you're like missing. Yeah. Like a very fundamental yeah. letter, mm-hmm. and so you're just like doing all the options, and it's not the right one, and yeah. not the right one. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to me quite a bit. Yeah. So in a weird way, <clears throat> when I first started doing Wordle, I was like, I-, I thought that having a large vocabulary would maybe help, but I don't know that that's. I don't the think case. that's. Like, yeah. I think sometimes that. Yeah. Makes you put stuff down that is less obvious than yeah. the one it's going to actually be. Oh, I've done that so that many being times. Said, I have not. I have never like missed a wordle. Okay. I've never, no, like, I haven't missed. I've yet. never like tried out. Me neither. So, but well, with watch, it was like I had to guess watch or patch because it was going to be my last right. one. I had the W. I had the P. It couldn't well, have been anything else. The New York Times took it over. I was like, how did the okay? If I was a British person. Oh yeah, I was always it. like a British person. <laughs> Because now I can't do that because one day it was such a British word. Yeah, it was disturbing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, do I ask you a question now? Yeah. We, okay. Um. So I was wondering <clears throat> if there is for you. Okay. Because there is for me, and I was like, I wonder what it is for Joy. Oh, I should ask her that. Is there a daily, or maybe four or five, six time a week occurrence? That just like is a part of your daily life that you have to do that is just a huge inconvenience for you that you're just like every day. <laughs> yeah. But every day, like you have to do this thing mm-hmm. and you've never found a convenient or pleasant way to do it. It just has to get done. Like it doesn't matter and it and it really might even deter you from getting to the thing. Right. Because it's just inconvenient. And for whatever reason, technology has not solved this problem yet. Making lunches. Okay. Lunches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is that? Like packing a lunch for me. Well, and I, because I do it when I'm making breakfast in the morning. So it's sort of like a double. That's a lot of meals. And then, but then sometimes it like makes me not even want to make breakfast. Because then I know that I need to. Why don't you make it the night before? Because then I'm making dinner. Okay. <laughs> and then the alternative yeah. is like meal prepping for the whole week. But I'm just not yeah, a big fan of that. No one wants like <clears throat> chicken that you made five days ago. Some things I could prep. <clears throat> no one wants And that. then, you know, some days it's not because some d- it's 
it's not as bad every day just because some days I'm just packing a lunch for myself because sure. Georgia and Matthew are staying home. But if Matthew's going out yeah. and then I'm bringing Georgia to the you studio, then it's kind of, it's just, and it's not even so much Yeah, when I have all the foods, like good mm-hmm. lunch foods in my fridge, mm-hmm. it's when I'm trying to mm-hmm. like stretch going to the grocery store. Yeah. That's when I'm like, what do we have for lunch? I don't know. Like, yep. Is like grapes and breakfast sausage considered lunch? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that sounds yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing would be, <clears throat> it sounds silly, and it's actually the process of doing it is not difficult at all. But showering. Okay, but what about it? It's just mine's. Mine's actually related to it's that. It's just inconvenient. Like, think of all the things you could do while you're not <laughs> taking a shower. <laughs> So, well, the reason I thought I like, I like my, it's a whole process for me. Sure. I like have the shampoo that I let sit on my head. Oh, okay. And then I, the best time for me to brush my hair is in the shower when I have conditioner in my hair. True. And so then I'm like, true. So then I'm waiting for the, you know, and then I'm brushing my hair. There's a lot of weight. There's more waiting than you want. And you know, it's so stupid because I, I get in the shower and I turn on a podcast on my little Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. And there's never a time when I'm actually doing it where I'm like, (laughs) but if someone from the 1600s interviewed me and was like, so tell me like about showering, like modern hygiene. Right. I would make it sound like it's a horrible experience. (laughs) Like just the hardest. Yeah. And then just right in the middle of your day, you have to do it. So annoying being clean (laughs) while this fresh water coming out of my walls straight to me at the temperature I desire. (laughs) I know. And then it just flows away. I know. It just flows away and I never have to think about it again. (laughs) Mine is actually. So what I'm saying is my inconveniences are really, it's really silly of me to be inconvenienced by them. It's like our. The other one's like, I have to put more food into a bag that I then take with me in my car to my work. Right. And it's all kept in this frozen <laughs> box in my house. Right. And if I, when I run out of it, I just go to a building and get more. where they have pretty much endless amounts of food. <laughs> yeah. Who know, I don't know how much longer that's going to last here. But right. anyway, yeah. uh, well, I was thinking about it because in 33 years, I have never figured out how to be in a good mood after getting out of the shower because the worst feeling in the whole entire world other than giving birth is cold hair on your back and I I know some people are listening to this like why don't you just immediately put it up in a towel or why don't you this or that and because honestly there is no convenient answer to this because it's like then you're trying to get dressed with a towel on your head Mm. or then you're using two towels every time you blah blah and then my hair is curly so actually I can't put a towel on it because it just frizzes it really bad I have to use like a a t-shirt or you know and just I have never and then my (laughs) as you know my little closet shower area is so Uh small that if I like tried to put my like throw my hair over I would just smack into the toilet (laughs) so it's like I was just freezing and mad and miserable as I am five to six days a week when I get out of the shower <laughs> thinking, how have I not solved this problem yet? You know, um, 
my parents, they live in an old house that was, I think, built in the 60s. And so they don't have like, it's not like a premium like luxury house, but it has some little premium elements of people that built homes during that time. So it had like lots of really cool wallpaper when they first moved into it, stuff like that. But in each of the main bathrooms they have a heat lamp installed into the ceiling like over the area where you would step out onto the mat and so you can turn that on like before you get in the shower and then um my tortoise like by the time you right yes (laughs) um then by the time you're getting out of the shower you're just standing in this like warm Warm. glow oh that sounds so nice but it still doesn't totally solve your problem though so I hate no, it. Of what I hair. hate it. I don't know how to solve this problem. And I think the only solution is to be mad every day <laughs> for the rest of my life. Oh, is that it? <laughs> That's the solution. That's so funny. Um, okay. <clears throat> my next question for you is, um, so in terms of, I guess I'm asking this question in terms of you managing your home. Okay. How do your kids play a role mm. in your management of your home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do they play a role? Well, so my kids, my youngest on this side of my womb, the outside of my womb <laughs> is six and my oldest is 12. So I will say that they play a, a significant and huge role because... I really don't think you can manage a household of six without you can't manage it how I'm managing it without hands, lots of hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think I have different expectations of my house now than I would if my kids were like four through six, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like four, four through eight or whatever the spread would be. I have definitely, uh, this is a different season than even just three or four years ago um, in terms of what my kids are responsible for. Um, Obviously what they're responsible for mainly right now is uh, being cheerfully obedient. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Unto the Lord. Uh, We homeschool. So basically my expectation is uh, flexible order. That's the way I think of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also know because I do think women are managers. I think we're natural managers. Um, I was a manager at a very young age at Starbucks a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot, there's a lot of moving parts in a restaurant setting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people <laughs> to manage, a lot of people's time to manage. And that came very naturally to me. And one thing that I learned in that setting was that the people that you're managing will respect you and work for you, uh, happily work for you, um, if you are just very clear and consistent with your expectations and you hold them accountable. And I think kids in the same way, they are much more joyful when they know what is expected of them and when it's consistent. Right. And by that, you mean if you ask them to do something and they don't do it, you hold them accountable, which teaches them, oh, mom really meant for me 
to yeah. listen to her when she, she said that. Well, and I think it, you know, a lot of people just immediately kind of have like a negative reaction to that. But what it expresses is I care about you. If you tell someone right. to do something and you never follow up on it, what it expresses is that you don't actually care. Right. You don't care about the work. You don't care about the person doing the work. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to work for someone who isn't invested in you right. as a person, as a worker. And I think it's the same thing with kids where it's like you don't expect something of them that A, you're not willing to do. B, you're not willing to teach them to do, or C, you're not willing to hold them accountable to, because it actually communicates a lot to them at a very young age. Um, and so I think I have very, you know, I know my kids, I know what they're capable of. Um, we wake up in the morning, we do chores, we do Bible reading, and we jump into our school day. And like I said, I want to be pretty flexible with it, but I also want to be structured enough that my kids don't wake up every day having no clue what their day is going to look like. Right. They should have, I think, they should have some idea of how things are right. going to go um, because that's part of me being consistent. Yeah. And I want them to know that I'm consistent. I want to teach them to be consistent. And, you know, it just works. It works well for us. I find that if I am not that way, if I am not expecting, if I myself am not consistent and I'm not expecting them to be consistent, there just seems to be more like turmoil or like maybe emotion in the house than mm -hmm. there, than there needs to be. Um, and I also want them to know that they're going to have a certain amount of work that's expected because we do homeschool. Um, they're going to have a certain amount of work to be expected because they're part of the home, but they're also going to have, if they're faithful in their work, plenty and plenty, plenty time to, to just play. Blessings. And yeah, like yeah. I know for me growing up, you just, I want my kids to have something to look forward to in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, not that school is necessarily not something to look forward to, but it does involve work and right. focus and, um, it's not playing in the backyard. It's not skateboarding right. out front, you know. It requires some amount of discipline that doesn't come naturally. Whereas if you ask a kid, yes, do you want to go jump on the trampoline? Right. They're going to be like, that's different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't require any yes. like extra, like I already have everything in me necessary to, do that. to accomplish the task. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, like I, tr I do try to build in little treats and fun and things like that. Like sometimes, um, my girls, uh, my older two girls do their own laundry. And so they'll, you know, if it's the end of the day, the laundry's done or whatever, they'll be like, can we fold our laundry and like watch a show or, you know, yeah. something kind of just like fun like that, that we wouldn't necessarily do at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. I want them to know, um, if they're faithful and consistent with what's expected of them, that they also, there's also, opportunity in that there's like right. freedom in that to also have like kind of something else fun to do right um so yeah I just think as a I, I'm really glad I had that time before I had a bunch of kids as a manager because I just got really comfortable managing really different personalities and figuring out how to be trusted by them like right. and and really learning what I learned from my old boss, she went and worked for um, 
Apple, like the one that trained me, mm-hmm. like she's high, very high level, great yeah. manager, lo- great skills. Um, And I just remember her telling me, I don't know, I was like 19 or 20. And she was like, you will have the faith of your team because I was a supervisor then, but she knew I wanted to move up. And she was like, you'll have the faith of your team if you are consistent, people know what to expect from you and you hold them accountable. And if you can nail the consistency and the holding people accountable, you will have the trust of your team. And I find that it is the same with your kids. Those are really the big, the two big ones. If you're not doing that, you're just not, it's, it's going to fall apart. I don't remember your question now. It was just like, (laughs) what are their, what's their job? What's so, their yeah. job? Oh, yeah. man, I, I guess I can't even reflect on that without saying what my job is. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, that's <laughs> why I said it's in regard to how you, because you are managing them, even yeah. in the scope of how I asked the question. Like, mm-hmm. what is their role under mm-hmm. you in yeah. the management of your home? So, you know. I think they fall into their role. Yeah. If I'm doing my job. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you so... have expectations of them yeah. to help. Mm-hmm within like you said like there there's different ages at play there's also different seasons at play which is that you Mm -hmm. i mean at to some extent having a realistic Mm -hmm. view of how your home can even operate yeah you have to know the people in your right in your home for sure like you don't i I can't expect from my six-year-old what i expect from my 12-year-old but i certainly can't expect from my 12-year-old something that she might only be capable of when she's 18 years right. old. So you do have to know where they're at. And then also there have been seasons of our life where I had to have, I had to build in much more time in my day for like really long heart to heart conversations, mm-hmm. like in certain seasons where like right. one kid just needed that more. It, well, and if your house is spotlessly clean, but your kids aren't being discipled ever, then you're, that's a problem. That's that, that thing that you're like picking the wrong motivation. (laughs) I also need my kids to know something that regularly happens is, well, every morning I wake up and I assign them all their work for the day. I write it all down for each of them. Here's what I want you to get through today. Right. And they know, you know, say for instance, uh, their Bible reading that I assign, they don't have to come to me for that. Uh, their math, they have an online course. They don't have to come mm-hmm. to me for that. But when they see that it's time to do English, they come to me for that. And I need them to know, and they do know, but it took time, that if they come to me and they have a question about like their Bible reading or a situation that happened at co-op or something that's been heavy on their hearts, like I will always erase some assignment off the board if it means it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and now they're finally getting to it. Like, that's just not how I roll. Right. And I need my kids to know that they can, and they don't abuse it. Obviously if they were like, if I get mom going on Romans one, I won't have to do my history assignment. Well, that's a part of knowing the people in your house. We're not in danger of that. (laughs) Knowing which kids are likely to. Might be doing that. Like (laughs) I did have January ones when she was like four or five, didn't want to eat her food. And so she started a long conversation with me about um, what theft actually is. And then I realized as she's sitting there like staring at me and not eating her food, I was like, 
I think something is afoot. I, I know what you're doing. I think you're making <laughs> me talk theology because you knew. Anyway. That's funny. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. And that's not making them do chores and be respectful and adhere to the routine of the house. That's not abusive in any way or... <laughs> No, I I think you do a great disservice to your children if you do not expect them to grow and to use their hands and their skills that God gave them to be involved in that. I mean, how many of you listening or you know lots of people who you know, they never had to pitch in around the house growing up and their first apartment or their first home, they are drowning because they've never had to manage a dish. They've never had to manage their laundry. They've never had to manage. I mean, we all. I think an ultimate thing that you could kind of get out here is they've never done anything for the good of the family that they haven't wanted to do. Right. And it's it's hard. And it I think it cripples people. Um, children can do much more than you think they can. And I it also gives them a sense of responsibility. And I mean, let's be honest, uh, it is frequently easier to get your four year old to help empty the dishwasher than a 12 year old that hasn't been trained right. because the four year old naturally wants to pitch in and be a part of the household. Yes. Two year olds want to come and fold stuff. Oh yes. And it can be very. Georgia wants to help with everything. So she has her little list of jobs that yes. I've created for her. Yes. That like when I'm cleaning up the living room, there's some jobs that are not her job, mm-hmm. but there are some jobs that she will absolutely do. Yeah. And it's to the point where she will yes. happily do things even when I don't yes. ask her to because she yeah. enjoys that work. It really it really struck me that January was the same way. She would see me folding laundry and she would just come fold it. And I realized that I had missed an opportunity with my older ones when they were younger uh-huh. because I'm like, oh, no, they're so little. Like what I would never. But she wanted to like yeah. she wanted to be a part and con- to contribute and so i know when they're that age you know it can be hard uh cuz they're not going to do it how you want it but well and sometimes they like like georgia wants to start the dishwasher right at any given moment <laughs> right and so then there's like then that requires patience on my part right but what a disservice i would do to her yes by not letting her do things just because it means i would have to be patient later yes with her let them be they are a part of your household they're not the managers of your household but they should be contributors to the household right. is my that's my foundational worldview um and i just think you do your kids a disservice if you don't allow them to be a contributing member of your household right excellent yeah um i was wondering what you're currently reading we haven't talked about it. Oh, man. <laughs> is this like, oh, man, this is what I want to be reading? Or I'm reading too many. I'm not really reading. I have not been reading enough. <clears throat> um, That is just this last week. I was like, ooh, I think I've let that go a little bit. I mean, I am. 
so I'm reading book club reading and then we're also reading a book for um a crossover episode with cultish that we don't know when that's happening exactly yet so i'm so good so it's going to happen but i just don't know exactly when Mm -hmm. sometime later in the spring i would assume Mm -hmm. um so i've been reading that a little bit and then reading the fruitful life by jerry bridges and um i was just like i said this past week i was like i really need to get i need to find something like a story either i'm thinking something like true crimey or just fix fiction but mm-hmm. i have t- i have tons of books on my bookshelf i need to read yeah um and so i need to and now that you've asked me that i guess i should just that's my ultimate sign that i should just finally go do it pick something up there was a stephen king book you gave me read it this weekend year. okay all right <laughs> You're, that's kind of what because it's not a massive Stephen no. King book. It's looks manageable. You're gonna get twenty pages in, okay, and then you'll finish it before okay. by Sunday. Good. Like it was. I Good. really enjoyed it. Okay, that much. Then I'll do that. Do that. Good. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, it's your turn. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. <clears throat> this is kind of a, again a little bit of a a light one, and then I have okay. one more oh. with like what I would consider to be like actual substance. Though this is an important question. Okay. Please, if you would, list the Toy Story movies mm. in order from best to worst. Oh, no. <laughs> best to worst. Okay. Let me. I mean, so I would want to say best is Toy Story 1. And then it would obviously have to be Toy Story 3. Which then I really actually liked. Oh, no. <laughs> One, okay, my one one being in first place and three being in second place is clear for me. Okay, interesting. That's very clear for me. Um, Two and four are the clear winners for me. Okay. <laughs> Which makes total sense. Which one being number one? See, I really think it's two. But um, the more I've seen four, the more I'm like... Four, four can't take the top spot though because it's the last one. But there were there, I had few, problems with four. There, yeah, I think um, in terms of content, I had a little more trouble with four. Uh-huh. But there were a few really ingenious things they did yeah, in four. That's true. Yep. That mm-hmm. that I haven't. I would say there are things they did in that movie that like very few other movies like what have accomplished. Like, I have to tell you that if you really think about it, it is not common to be able to have a running joke used as frequently and for the length of time that the Buzz Lightyear inner monologue joke That's runs. That's true. That's true. That is whoever came up with that yeah. deserves an award yeah. because that is his entire character yeah. through that whole. And it's simple, but he's still true. doing stuff. Really, just the way that his character was written yeah. in that last movie. You know, they're making a Buzz Lightyear movie. Yes, How I do mean, you feel about that. I'm nervous. Yeah, it makes me nervous, nervous. now. Anything the trailer was made. The trailer was not good. Okay, well, I just, I'll say yeah. I wrote it. Down. Anyway, I asked you the question. Yeah, so. I'll I'll say for me, Toy Story. I don't I don't know how you could put a different one in the number one spot. It it's a perfect film. 
Oh, I agree with you. It's also very good. It's a, see, I even struggled to say from best to worst. I know because, because none of them are bad. None of them are bad. They're I mean, just... is anything ever going to make me as tickled as Mrs. Nesbitt? I just don't think anything <laughs> ever will. Um, I just randomly outburst that. Sometimes I'm just walking around yeah. my house and I'm like, mm-hmm. Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> And I, this movie came out in 1995. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but three gets the second spot for me um, because I, I did really like the plot. But also um, there are only two movies that make me bawl my eyes out every okay. time I watch them. And Toy Story 3 is one of them. Toy Story 3 and 4 both make me I did not cry, cry. in 4. But... Toy Story 3, um, oh, less than one. I told you a couple years ago, I came, well, I was living in Georgia, but I came out here to Arizona for Christmas and it was like five o'clock in the morning here. So it was like mm-hmm. eight o'clock in the morning for me. But anyway, I walk out and, and we were staying at my parents' house and I walk out in the living room and my dad is sitting in the dark watching the end, end of Toy Story 3, crying his eyes out. He had woken up and fast forwarded to the end. <laughs> to in order to feel that pain that's what he was doing at five o'clock in the morning if you guys want to know what james white is doing at five o'clock in the morning (laughs) on christmas eve he's watching the end of toy story three and crying by himself so exposed yeah so um anyway i also did love toy story two and jesse and i thought that was okay so years one three two four okay one three two four. Four doesn't have the nostalgia for me. Two four one three. That's <laughs> my, my order. Almost, almost opposite. <laughs> Who's surprised? Okay. Well, though I love them all. Yeah, I really do. They're all great. It doesn't They're, matter. Yeah. I mean, man. Oh man. I okay. I watched the. I went to pick up Georgia. She was my mom was babysitting her for something. Don't remember what. But I went over there, and they were like watching finishing that movie up mm-hmm. and on their television like it, that movie looks great on my television right but on there i have an old television <laughs> it's beautiful my my parents have like a very nice yeah tv that they just upgraded yeah beautiful and i was like this movie looks real yeah it looks real yeah like it was stunning it was uh, visually stunning i mean i know they really better than encanto oh yeah much better than much Encanto. Better. Much better. They um, use the Pixar money on this one. Right. Yeah. I, the, what inspired this question is that I just randomly saw this article. It was like advertised to me on my, like, just my Google uh, homepage. And it was like all the Pixar movies ranked. Oh. And so I'm like going through and I'm like, okay. And it was like okay, just Toy I Story. See that. I kind of see. <laughs> you just saw one movie. Just Toy Story. <laughs> that is um, Pixar. <laughs> But and so I'm like just wanting to see how much I agree with this person, and they had the number one Pixar movie. But no, no, they didn't. Ratatouille. No, I love Ratatouille. Love it. Not even close. But it is not the best Pixar. Not movie. even close. It is not. Get out of here. That's foolish. Okay. Anyway, I can't. Um, this person should also have their Twitter account suspended. <laughs> To be perfectly honest with you. And then, yeah, we won't even get into Turning Red. Yeah, I'm not even going to... Have you seen it? No. Do you watch it? Have you? I watched it the other night. Was it horrible? Um, I want to watch it again before I like would issue a, like, a formal statement on Sheologians. <laughs> it's better than Encanto. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and you know what? I didn't hate it, but it's definitely oh. not a kid's movie. It's not a kid's movie. Definitely not a kid's movie. Yikes. Okay. Um, so I had a thought that I'm going to make you talk about something you probably wouldn't talk about any other oh, way. Okay. So you you work for Apologia Studios. Okay. <laughs> You work for End Abortion now. Mm-hmm. There's probably other things you do that mm-hmm. I don't even know about <laughs> that are top secret. But um, I was wondering if you could just give us your five-minute advice for someone who works in ministry or is considering working in ministry. Oh, so I know that we. Okay, I have many thoughts because <laughs> I grew up. Yeah, in ministry, you have a lot of exposure. Pastor's yeah. kid, whatever. So I have many thoughts, but you work full time. Yeah, as an adult, for different ministries. Uh huh. And I know that it's different than working for a. It is. Um. Yeah. Regular, yeah, company, right? Regular is a good word. <laughs> what is the word I'm looking for? I, why can't I think of words? Corporation, corporate. What am I saying? Right, or just you know what I'm saying? They really, I mean, there really are two kinds of jobs in this world. There's yeah. ministry, yeah. <laughs> like, per, and then there's like corporate, classic. Yeah, <laughs> not to say that your corporate job can't be. Yeah, your, yeah, but that's yeah, not yeah. what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um. But um, I would say, in terms of advice, I would say um, know when to open your ears and when to shut your ears. Yes, that's a good one. Because <laughs> when you work in a place like mm. this, you mm. are going to, if you keep your ears open, you're going to hear opportunities for you to be helpful. Um. But then you're also going to, I have a little rule that's basically like where two or more elders are gathered, the headphones go I on. I am not. <laughs> when two or more elders are gathered, I shall not gather. Right. And I don't know, because you don't need to know what they talk about. And they might, mm-hmm. you know, there may be names or whatever. So yeah. my, my, uh, my one piece of advice would be, yeah, to figure out when you need to uh, be listening in to be helpful and when you need to not be listening in. Um, I would say that if you are working in a pastoral support type of role, you should keep your ears open for ways to be helpful because your pastors are mm-hmm. um, doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of if you want to become a pastor, mm. I would say, um, this is going to sound a little intense, but is there any other way? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd say if you want to become a pastor, mm-hmm. I want you to look this Sunday when you go to church. I want you to look around at everyone. And if you're not capable of doing every one of their funerals, ah. you consider not becoming a pastor. <laughs> She's only speaking to the men right now also, by the way. Right. <laughs> if there's any man listening, right. that was for you. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say, <laughs> I mean, the reason I didn't even preface a gender, I suppose, <laughs> Is because it's only that position's only available. Yeah. Um, if you're a lady considering becoming a pastor, I want you to please go talk yeah. to your pastor yeah. and repent. Right. Um. Man, I mean, it's just, and I know all ministries are different. Yeah. Um. I know they are. I know they're made up of different personality types. And, yeah. Um. Just people's brains work differently. Mm-hmm. Jeff. Uh. Jeff obviously is responsible for a lot of 
this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of our elders are, but uh, Jeff has been very faithful. Pastor Jeff, I'm sorry, I should. <laughs> it's like the formal, <laughs> more formal way to refer to him. Um, uh, he's obviously not buried any talents. Yeah, when it's come to growing this and mm-hmm. and he uh, uh he's needed a team to help him mm-hmm. implement a lot of stuff so even if you're not the visionary in your ministry your work is just as important mm-hmm. um maybe more important in some ways mm-hmm. like you know, it just depends mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then i would also just say i guess you need to uh you just need to have a clear view of like what your roles are, mm. especially if your friends, if your pastor is your pastor slash friend slash boss. Sure. Then um, you just have to keep that in mind in terms of being yeah. um, mm-hmm. appropriate and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not that there's inappropriateness, just it just changes things. Yeah. Um, and you need to be able to like when you need a pastor, you need to be able to uh, not go to your boss, <laughs> you know. Right. And so I do think that obviously just kind of involves having great elders. Yeah. Um, But I think it's a, just an important thing to kind of throw out there that it. Right. You know, it's it. That That's just really how any <laughs> like most people don't work where they church, where they friendship right like there may be some crossover in some ways but to have like a total yeah to have totally everything in your life all in one spot it's just something you have to think about yeah Um, it can sometimes i think be a cause i think for it can make people easily offended sometimes when they don't have that clear in their head right um i think it's easy to be offended when you work in ministry and and yeah. people don't think that because they think, oh, you're in a ministry, so everyone's just loves Jesus or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, hopefully that's true. Um, by and large, that's true. Mm-hmm. However, if you can't make distinctions between like, you are my boss or my deacon or also my pastor or also mm-hmm. my friend, it can really be a very touchy environment if you yeah. can't keep those categories straight in yes. your head. Yeah. So that. Yeah, I mean, really overall, I just think it's humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I don't even always, sometimes, you, I mean, I said it already in the episode, like I'm kind of a worker bee. So sometimes for me, it just feels like I look up mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I become aware of the opportunity mm-hmm. that I've been given. And I had no, if you'd ask me. Right. When I was young growing up, I would never have laid out probably any details of the life I currently have. If you asked me when I was like 15. Right. Because I don't even know if I, I think I was like not wanting to get married. And right. When I was 15, you know, that very common. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Thing, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you grow up in a world like we grew up in. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I mean, it just takes, I don't. What do I have to say about it? Not everyone can do it. Yeah. Not everyone I mean, should honestly, do it. Like <laughs> if you, if you can't do the stuff that I just talked about, yeah. if you're a busybody, it's like, there's no harm in not being qualified 
for certain jobs. Right. It's just, there's no harm. Right. Do what you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that, I don't know if those responses actually answer your question. No, they do. Or, yeah. Okay. Things okay. to consider. Okay. Um, This is something that uh, you probably will not, you may not hear this for the last time on this uh, show, but I, we talked about it slightly on, at book club okay. this week. So my last question for you is, what do you think it means to be strong-willed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so many things about this because as I told book club, I think everyone mostly is wrong on this topic. Okay. Or just rather that we have been using that concept, we've been employing it wrongly. So most people, when they say, oh, he or she is so strong-willed, what they're saying is this person is so stubborn, I can't get there, I can't bend their will. Mm -hmm. That's typically what we mean when we say that. But uh, historically, that's not what we've meant when we've talked about having a strong will uh, and we are using it the exact opposite way. So, and it really bothers me. Um, so if you cannot rule or self-govern your emotions, you are not exercising your will. You're actually weak-willed. So if you, if your will is governed by anything other than yourself, i.e. your emotions, which typically that's what happens you're either you either rule your emotions or emotions rule you those are really your options um or sin which right that's what i mean um that means you don't exert your will because to exert willpower is to be willing to do something that you don't feel like mm-hmm. doing something that you don't desire doing if you have no strength to overcome your immediate desires, your will is weak, not strong. So typically when we see somebody who um, will not behave, Mm -hmm. they will not control their temper, they will not exercise any of the virtues. This person is somebody who has no governance over their own will. They're actually ruled by their emotions and their desires. So I don't want to teach my kids. I'm never going to say to my kids like oh you're just so strong-willed and that's why you won't obey or that's why you have this attitude or whatever and it's like because I do not want them to believe that they're actually exercising strength when they what they're exercising is extreme weakness it takes strength to self-govern and to be Mm self-controlled um And I don't want them to have some false idea of just how strong they are when they're actually acting out of weakness. So I think we do people a disservice when we... um, We almost kind of compliment them. Yeah. Like, oh, you're so strong. For lacking in self-control. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually, you are completely ruled by by your sin by your emotions but your flesh reigns the positive over you spin on it is that like you're so <clears throat> independent and you're so like you just think for yourself but that's that only exists in a world where the will isn't ruled right either way where the rule can't the will can't actually be ruled 
by just material human beings. Or it ought not be ruled. Right. Um, you know, our job as parents isn't to bend everyone's will toward us. Right. It is to insist and to train our children to manage and to to have self-control, to have a a strong will that cannot be blown about by every passing emotion and feeling that they have. Right. So it's not that you need, it's not, and I think people think they need to break their children's will or something. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're like, well, it's not breaking, so they must be strong. Whereas, no, no, they're the opposite of strong. You haven't taught them. Right. You, you've let them believe they have an option here. Um, and, and they're choosing destruction. That's, right. They're choosing to be ruled. Um, and so obviously you can't train a child to be self-controlled if you yourself are not self-controlled. So that's often step number one. Right. Um, but yeah, man, we just, we got to stop. We, we have to stop talking about weakness as strength. And, and it does come from the world. Like you keyed in on that where, um, if there is no right or wrong, right? So we reject God, we worship ourselves, we worship creation. Uh, right or wrong is just what appears to have the most strength. Then, yeah, those who um, cannot, that don't exercise self control, that can't say no, that don't live to excess, like yeah, they they are strong willed. If you have an unbelieving worldview, right? <laughs> right. That's just all there. That's all there. That's all there is to it. So. Yeah. And obviously we would say people are born uh, bound, their will is bound towards that, which is sinful. And, and it's through Christ that ultimately uh, you, your wills change, right. your desire will change. And yeah. that is going to change a lot. But you must exercise self-control. That's what I really, I think when people are saying you're strong-willed, they're really just talking about somebody who has no self-control. Right. And that's not strength. It right, it's mad. weak. It's, it <laughs> it's is weak. weak. It's the definition of weakness. Yeah. It's unpracticed. Yes, I thought I liked what um, Jerry Bridges, which I still need to figure out if he was quoting his dad. Oh yeah, but he basically right. he just in this quote I picked out this little phrase, which is that like, oh man, I wish I had the exact the books in my office, but it's like, temptation is the occurrence of sin. Like the temptation and the sin are the same moment. For those who have no self-control. For, no, for those who are weak-willed. Yeah. Temptation and sin are the same moment. Right. Because they won't, they will give into it. Right. They have no strength. They cannot protect themselves from yeah. temptation. They just immediately cave. And right. that is someone who is not strong-willed. Right. At all. Yeah. Okay. Um, My last question for you. Because... Even though I feel like we've talked about this a lot. Okay. We regularly get emails, messages, voicemails. Can you talk about this? And I'm like, okay, maybe we haven't talked about this. Or at least not enough. <laughs> I know we've done at least an entire episode. We cut out all the laughing and just yeah. really started getting to the, the email questions. Imagine what we could. Sometimes accomplish. people ask us to talk about a topic, and as I read it, I'm like, I we've answered this. It just wasn't in this specific okay realm. Yeah, but everything we've said could apply here. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, what advice would you have for ladies that are single 
in their late 20s, 30s. Maybe now we're not sure if we're ever getting married. Mm-hmm. People want the people want advice. Now, we both were single at the towards the end of our 20s. Yeah. Um but let's see, you were 29 mm-hmm. when you got married? Yeah. Okay. Which so, I think makes you how old were you when you and Eric got married? 27. I was, I was say, 28. Okay, I was like 28, I think. <laughs> yeah, I had to think math <laughs> is hard. I was 28. But um I think because people know we're married, they just don't think we have any idea that some people are not married. Right. Just so you know, we're I don't even know how long have we been doing the show? <laughs> because I think we're only just now getting to the point where, where I have been married longer in Sheologian's world than I was not married in Sheologian's world. Yeah. Because I think um, we started- because I'm married and have a child now, yeah. um, it it's it's one of those things that like seems so obvious to me. But if you're just now joining and listening, like... I I not that not not that I am a fan of giving your resume so that people take your word for it. Paul did do it just once. <laughs> but here here's that for a second. <laughs> I spent basically my entire life. It was a lot more misguided when I was younger. But I spent most of my 20s agonizing. And when I say that, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm trying to say, like, I legitimately understand how painful it is to want to be married and have kids, especially, um, and feel as though those things are not going to happen. I remember the first time I ever had a conversation with you. I asked you what you wanted to do with your life. Mm -hmm. And you said you wanted to be a mom Mm -hmm. and have a donut truck. Yeah. Yeah. those were your dreams yeah yeah Yeah. and it that's especially the mom one and a wife (laughs) one is that's those are perfectly acceptable wonderful I even would say encourage dreams for women to have Mm -hmm. um I would say number one you don't know the future Mm. you don't know that you're not going to get married and you're not going to have kids you don't know that. Um, it might feel that way. Right. When it, you're... It definitely feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I would say number two, which is something Summer touched on a little earlier in the episode. Um, uh, some people may not want to hear this, but um, you need to try to figure out why you want to get married Mm. and ask yourself the question, do I actually want to get married? Mm. Um, Because I think the answer to those questions may seem very easy, Mm -hmm. but um, if you, I'm not, and I'm not saying everyone is in this boat, but there are many lovely Christian women out there who are single because they have turned every single person down that has approached them. Um, there are people that have been serially dating in Mm. the Christian world, um, because they have not found anyone that makes them feel a certain way, or maybe they, Mm. maybe they're confronted with a certain feeling every time Mm. 
Yeah. They grow in like intimacy with someone. And I don't mean like full intimacy. I mean, dating. Um, I think that a lot of people, not just women, but mm-hmm. because you specifically asked the question to be geared towards women, mm-hmm. single women, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to answer it. Um, I think that you have to ask yourself honestly, not just lip service. Do I want to get married? Okay. Because honestly, um, I did not, I did not instantly feel attraction to my husband. Mm-hmm. Did I marry him with the absence of attraction? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, is that I wanted to get married and God changed my affections Mm. towards the man that I would eventually marry. Yeah. But given just if I'm operating just based off of my preferences, my type, my feelings. um, And so and so here's the thing is if someone is pursuing you, if a man is pursuing you or Mm. if uh, multiple men have pursued you Mm. um, and you're response has always been no it's important to investigate <laughs> yeah. why that is right. and if that means that you don't actually want to get married right. because if you're only willing to marry one type of person it means you might not want to get married right <laughs> um it means you might be looking for like a certain kind of romance or right. something that right that's really not what you're destined for yes. for all and i think that can hinder things yeah when you're not living in reality i think it can really you can waste a lot of time Mm -hmm. looking for a person Mm -hmm. who doesn't exist yeah and i and i truly truly believe i am i mean from firsthand experience god can change your feelings Mm -hmm. towards people Mm -hmm. um you can find you can discover attraction for someone that you did not think Mm -hmm. it existed yeah for um I do think the whole like romance time that we live in can make it hard because women do tend to be looking for a certain feeling right. as opposed to certain criteria. That doesn't mean we're not encouraging getting married without affection. Yeah, and I don't think your husband should not I think your 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 fiance or the person pursuing you I think they should have to woo you. Mm-hmm. They should have to like yeah. impress you and right. really make sure that they're like invested in that candidate and it's real and not made up and you want your husband to love you genuinely which involves affection right and feeling yeah which just doesn't come naturally to some men right (laughs) but you know yeah i think it's it's i'm surprised you took it that you really called people out in a way (laughs) i think a lot of women are just like no no one's doing that for me and it's like well maybe no one that you are open to well, and that's possible a, and there could be you could have good reasons i'm not attacking this is, anybody. A, this is something that i had to yeah go through yeah i had to i was annoyed that my husband my now husband I even know. liked me i know i remember trying to talk you out of and that. what i had to just dis- what i had the conversation i had to have with myself is you want to get married but you are annoyed that someone <laughs> wants to marry you yeah what does that <laughs> what logically does, mean? Right. What does that mean? Like, yeah, I know what I know. You want to get married. <laughs> I know that. But like, logically, 
if this man wants to pursue marriage right. with you right. and you're just refusing. It's like, what does that You need say? to know why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I'm not saying the automatic answer is like, <laughs> go just to Just marry him. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the first man that expresses interest. <laughs> just don't even think about it and follow it. No. But I'm saying that I, I think our feelings and that have been shaped by the culture that we currently live in and that we grew up in yeah. have created a very unreliable uh, picture of what romance even looks like. Yeah. Uh, what intimacy with another person looks like and even what an extended relationship looks like with any type of person. Right. I don't think that's really been modeled for us very well. Like, what does it look like to have even just a friendship with someone for 30 years? Right. Like, what does that involve? Yeah. Because now we all get our feelings hurt so quickly yeah. that we can't hold on to friends. Right. Um, Because uh, we just uh, we just label people as toxic and cut them out of our lives. Even anyway, that's yeah. an aside. But um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I would say if I was going to wrap up that thought to mm -hmm. single ladies, mm -hmm. uh, be content for real. Like don't fake it. Mm -hmm. And if you are faking, if you're trying to manufacture joy um, and you really are just heartbroken mm -hmm. over your singleness or childlessness, um, don't try to manufacture contentment, actually be content. And if that means that you need to go to, your elders and explain that to them like hey i am supposed to be exhibiting the fruits of the spirit and i'm exhibiting fake fruits of the spirit mm -hmm. because i think i need to like i don't know appear better to other people or i feel like i'm being unfaithful if i'm incapable of, of joy right now mm -hmm. um i think a lot of times people just need help they need to be more um honest with the you know What's going on right and then be willing to um not uh, well we just because we have the tendency to like idolize sadness and shame mm -hmm. i would say fight for contentment and be willing to be willing to like let your heart be healed mm -hmm. if your heart is broken over being single or childless um or both yeah be be willing to let be willing to fight feelings of mm -hmm. discontent and mm -hmm. sadness mm -hmm. um and and fight for um joy and contentment for what god has given where he's you. put you yeah yeah all right well you can leave us a voicemail <laughs> i think that's great advice i don't have anything to add <laughs> My husband loves Jesus and I thought he was funny. So that's really, I, mean, I don't, <laughs> things are working out great. You're not hearing me over here, uh, discounting what your grandma said. Cause I agree. I agree. I, yeah. I think that people hear that and they're like, well, it's just not that we understand. It's not that simple. No, but in it's, many ways it right. truly is yes. that simple because <laughs> if you marry another believer, you can trust that the Lord is sanctifying and will grow you together. Yes. And you're both destined for yeah. eternity. So. If you're not marrying in faith because you're looking for someone that's already fully sanctified. Yeah. You're going to be single forever. All right. You can leave us a voicemail at 470 
465-0475. And we will see y'all next week. See ya. Someday when I'm awfully low When the world is cold I will feel a glow just thinking of you in the 